Welcome to the Speak Up Talk Radio Network. I am Pat Rulo. Today, I am so honored to share a recent and returning, returning, returning Firebird Book Award winning author with you. She is Patricia Levy, and the winning book is titled Hollyland. I think I got the right amount of returnings. We'll have to check on that in a bit. Patricia Levy, PhD, is a novelist, sociologist, and arts advocate formerly Associate Professor of Sociology, Founding Director of Gender Studies, and Chairperson of Sociology and Criminology at Stonehill College. She is widely considered the world's most visible proponent of arts-based research, which merges the arts and sciences. She has published over 40 books, nonfiction and fiction, and her work has been translated into numerous languages. There's a full and serious bio behind Patricia, and it can be found at her website, patricialevy.com, and at her page on our speakuptalkradio.com website. But for now, I'm excited to get this conversation started. Welcome back, my friend. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's always a treat to speak with you. I know. This just makes my day. When I saw it on the calendar, I thought, yay, good day for me. (laughs) I feel the same way. I know, I know. So congratulations on the winning the Firebird Book Award once again. Thank you so much. I was so excited and so honored. I mean, you know how I feel about these awards. They not only support authors and support books, but they do such good in the world. And Hollyland is very, very special to me. And so I was just absolutely overjoyed. Well, you also have many wonderful online reviews as well. Oh, people have been pretty generous so far, which is very kind of them. I appreciate it so much. I mean, I really appreciate it when anyone just takes the time to read one of my books. It's so true. You put it out there and you have no idea if there's anyone even hearing or listening or or watching. And when you get that little shred of feedback, it's like, oh, okay, well, on to the next, right? Oh, absolutely. And, it, and you know, if something you write brings someone joy or touches their heart, it, it really means so much to me. And I understand that not every book is for every reader. And so there will always be readers who, if they take the time to read something, it might not be for them. But when something does resonate and, you know, it brings someone joy, it gives them happy tears, it means so much to me because I don't put out a single book that doesn't come from my heart. So each one means something special to me. So if it connects with readers in that way, it's really very special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've done your job. You've been able to uh, reveal yourself and somebody gets it. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. exactly. And and maybe in their own way. So, you know, maybe somebody enjoys something for a very different reason than why I wrote it. Mm-hmm. And that's okay, too. I do think readers have their own relationships with books and with characters and story worlds. And I think that's terrific. Um, but when, when we all sort of feel connected by a character or their story world, I just think that's an incredibly special, special part of storytelling. Absolutely. Even if somebody doesn't like what you wrote, it still affects them in some way. They've got to wonder why they don't like it. It still makes them go inside. I think so too. And I, and I often think with my own books and Hollyland is an example of that, that Hollyland is a really optimistic love story. And so, you know, I think that if somebody has a, a really sort of strong, immediate negative reaction, maybe they're not an optimistic person or they haven't experienced that in their life or they haven't yet experienced love in that way. Or maybe they, they have and they've been heartbroken. There can be all these different emotional reasons why somebody 
might not feel receptive to a specific story. And I understand that, too, because we bring all of our stuff with us to every book that we read. Very, very true. Very good way to look at that and not to take it personally, just figure it's 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 on the heart of the person who reads it, really. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, like I said, you know, I, I fault no one for not enjoying a book. So if somebody reads it and they don't enjoy it for whatever reason, that's okay. I'm grateful that they spent the time reading it. Um, but I do think sometimes you can you can tell with people's comments uh, if something hits them in a specific way where they might be coming from and why they might not be open to a certain kind of story. Um, and so, you know, but I think those things impact them too. Even if they don't enjoy it or they think they don't enjoy it, I do agree with you that people reflect on the things they read mm-hmm. um, and, and the things they have strong reactions to. So if you love a book you read, that's great, and then might linger with you and you might remember it. But also sometimes if you have a strong negative reaction to a story, I think sometimes those linger too. And I've actually even had readers email me years after. I mean, people I don't know who apparently left me some negative review for a book, and then years later I'll get a direct message on Facebook or on Instagram and say, you know, just so you know, I was going through a terrible breakup, or or just so you know, you know, my parents had just gotten divorced, or just so you know, whatever it is that that was going on in their life. And they were like, I was not in the right place to read that book. Um, So so I've, I've literally had those emails over the years and those messages over the years, and I think that's amazing, too, that sometimes... People remember when something hit them the wrong way, um, and sometimes they they reflect even years later, and it occurs to them to you know contact you, uh, which I find really amazing. Well, let's take a little sidestep with that right now. After this short conversation, if you are about to leave a negative review, maybe stop before you ruin the author's uh, day and reflect why you are leaving that negative review, and perhaps rethink it and don't. So (laughs) there you go. That's kind of you to say. I mean, I always, you know, I'm a person who I never leave an artist a negative review. That's just, and I don't critique people who do it. That's their choice. I get it. But for me, I'm of the mindset when it's somebody's art and their labor and their livelihood, it might not be my cup of tea, but that doesn't mean I have to post something negative about it. So I only post reviews for art, whether it's books or other forms of art that I enjoy and that I have something positive to say about. Um, and so I definitely would encourage people to just remember that it might have taken you a few hours to read something, but it could have taken someone months or years to write it. And, and a part of their heart and soul is no doubt in that book or that piece of art. And and their livelihood is connected to it, too. So, you know, sometimes I do think it would be nice if people just took a breath and decided, is this is this personal feeling something that I have to share publicly? And if they feel like it is, then by all means. But I do think it would be nice if people took a beat and just remembered that however long it took you to read it or listen to it or watch it, it took the people making it a whole lot longer. And, and for sure, they, they did the best they could. Absolutely. Well, this conversation took a turn, which I'm happy that it did. <laughs> I know. I, I haven't even told you about, oh, Pat, I have to tell you the story about Hollyland, how Hollyland came to be, um, because I haven't had a chance to tell you about it. But for people listening, Hollyland is a love story. It's a celebrity romance. And I'm not giving anything in a way because, you know, on the first page of the book, there's a 40-year-old arts researcher and writer who steps outside of a bar to make a phone call and has a very funny phone call conversation in front of 
writer field, a Hollywood icon and movie and television star who has stepped outside to smoke a cigarette. And the two have an immediate connection. And so the book follows their love story um, and their sort of search for magic and passion in their lives and in their work. And they're connected because they both lost their mothers at a young age. And so they're, they have this sort of shared grief. Um, and they're also both completely in love with the arts. So anyway, so Hollyland is about their love story. But the reason I wrote the book, I wrote it during the lockdown. So I wrote it when we were all, you know, in that phase when we were trapped in our homes and, and you know, you, you had to be at least six feet from other human beings. So there certainly were no hugs and no affection and nothing like that. And I wanted to write something that was just full of love and affection and you know, very different than the way the world felt at that time. But before I started writing the book, I found out that my elderly father, whom I'm very, very close to, got COVID. And this was back, you know, this was back in 2020. This was back in the very beginning of the pandemic, way before the vaccines. And when, you know, COVID uh, was very, very scary for elderly people. And my father had other health problems at the time. He had a bad case, and basically, I, I thought I was going to lose him. And my folks live in Florida, and I'm up north in Maine, and because of the lockdown, there was no way to get to him. Um, and ultimately, we wouldn't have been able to see him anyway because, you know, people were quarantining at that time. So I decided to write my dad a, a love letter, that sort of letter where you tell everyone, someone, everything they mean to you and what they've always meant to you. And so I sat down to write him a letter, thinking I might never see him again. And it turns out I'm not a great letter writer, but I do know how to write a novel. And so I wrote Hollyland for my father. Um, and I worked on it day and night. I rushed it to my copy editor and asked her, please do this quickly. Um, I overnighted it to my father. He read it. He loved it. And a really amazing part, Pat, is that you know, over two and a half years after I wrote this novel to my dad, it is now out in the world, and my father is healthy and well, and I have seen him many times. I love this story. I knew that this book felt different from your other books, some kind of a sense that there was a bit of a backstory. I don't know why. It just felt a little different to me. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was written just with pure love. And, and my father has a very, very optimistic personality. And so this is absolutely my most optimistic book. So his, his sort of perspective on how to live life and his, his way of, you know, really living life to the fullest, that is what this book is about. And then, of course, there are lots of little nods to him sprinkled throughout the whole book that he's the only person who will ever recognize them all, but things about his family, things about his upbringing, um, favorite foods, things we used to do together when I was little. Um, you know, of course, they went through an imaginative filter, so they're all fictional, but even characters' names, I have his mother's maiden name and his favorite uncle's name and and the main character, Dee, um, in addition to it being a love story with Ryder, it's also, it's also a story about her family and her relationship with her father. And, and her father, Lou, is, you know, one of the characters in the novel and they are extremely close. Um, and that, that character very rep much represents my dad and the way I feel about him. So, so I do feel like Hollyland is different than all the fiction I'd written before it because it just, 
it just came from this place of just pure love and optimism. And, and it's funny because Pat, I was so sad when I was writing it. I was so worried about my father, but it's, it's like the happiest book I've ever written. <laughs> so, so that, that's how those emotions were channeled. Oh my gosh, what a special book for you and your dad. And the cover, all of your covers, if you put all of your books and everybody else's books together, I would be able to pick out which ones were yours. I mean, they're not the same, but there's just the same feeling that you get from them. Oh, I love, love, love that you said that. Thank you. It's a huge compliment. I mean, you know, I I love the arts, all the arts, and I've studied the arts in my career. Um, and so I just think that the art that accompanies a book that sort of gift wraps, gift wraps the book for readers is so important. And I thought my publisher did an absolutely incredible job. Um, so, and it's my first novel with my new fiction publisher and I plan to work with them for many years and have many novels contracted. So it's been a really exciting change. And I think that they, they created a cover that I think really embodies um, how I see my work and the kinds of stories I'm trying to put out. And I think they just, they just nailed it. And since it's a new relationship, I was surprised by what an incredible job they did. So thank you for saying that. Oh, that's interesting. Yes, I knew that you published this with a new publisher, but the cover was also with a new publisher. And so that just seems like a real seamless transition from your previous covers for me to think it really, that it's the same yeah. Yeah, it's the same publisher, but it's not. Yeah, it really was. It really was. And because, you know, they're so thorough. They they have all of their authors fill out this cover memo sheet, but it's like pages and pages, um, uh, you know, about what you, what you like and what you're interested in and, and about the book and about the vibe you're going for. Um, and so they take all of that with their own ideas and their own expertise and and come up with different concepts. And this was one of the concepts and there were different iterations and we all fell in love with this one. Um, there were others we liked too that we, we tried a different one out, but then we, we all felt like this was the one. But it's really amazing, you know, when you're working with a great team. And I say this because I've worked with more than 10 book publishers, over 40 books, over 20 years. And I've just had every experience you can have. I've worked with tiny presses. I've worked with huge global presses. I've, I've just like had the gamut. And, um, you know, when you're working with a really committed, knowledgeable team who is trying to amplify your voice, not impose their own. And I think that's just a message in all areas of life, not just in this. But when you are, are working with people who are trying to help you shine, um, you can really see that in end result. And that's how I feel when I see this cover. I feel like, I feel like they gave me a cover that it really fits my writing. And so that you would say that means so much to me. Thank you. Oh gosh, you're welcome. I mean it. You know, you said that you had to fill out pages and pages of questions. That's kind of a lesson maybe to authors when they're working with a publisher where the publisher might just say, yeah, we'll take you on and that's it. And it's their way or not. But it sounds like what you experienced was almost some kind of a psychological profile that they built on you so that they truly understood who you were and what you were all about so that they could help to create that and put that out into the world. Absolutely. And I think, you know, the best experiences I've had with publishers over the years in both fiction and nonfiction have been where it's collaborative has been where they're asking a lot of you. So they're, they're asking you to fill out a lot of, you know, questionnaires and respond to emails and that sort of thing. But because they're using that information to, to create 
um, you know, the typeset pages and the cover and whatever copy is being used, but they're, they're using it so that they can present your work in the best way for you specifically as an author. So, for example, if you look at a publisher website and every author basically has the same book cover, that's a big red flag. Um, and that's something I would tell any author, and I've done that, so I know what that is, that stay away from that because you're not getting individual attention, your work is not getting individual attention. Um, each book should have its own fingerprint, its own stamp. You know, my favorite authors, I recognize their covers. I, you know, they're, and I think that's important. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that the cover matches the content. At least you feel it does as an author. Right. Um, and, and there are specific things like, like some authors love to have people on their book covers. Um, and a lot of women fiction authors and romance authors have people on their covers. Mm-hmm. I don't like to have people on my covers. So none of my books. Um, you know, 40 books in, none of them have people on the covers because that's just, that's just not for me. And I, I read many authors who have those kinds of covers, so it's in no way a critique. It's just for my own books. I just like them to be artistic and I like readers to be able to imagine the characters on their own. And so I don't like any sort of human representations on the covers that could distract from that. And so it's great to work with a publisher who understands that and respects that and then also brings their expertise because they they know things that I don't know. And all good publishers will know things that authors don't know. So they can bring their expertise and say, you know, if you want to be in league with this group of authors, then this is the kind of look you might want to consider. These are the kinds of looks that are hot in your area. They have that information too. And so it's it's really a nice collaboration. And I've been very lucky. I have a wonderful um, nonfiction publisher, Guilford Press, that I've worked with for almost 20 years, and it's always been very collaborative with them, too. And, uh, you know, sometimes we argue about covers. Sure. Um, so people not, might not know that, but sometimes, you know, not everyone's on the same page, and there can, there can be some heated phone calls and emails. <laughs> um, but in the end, if everybody's happy, then that's really, really great. That's interesting that you say that none of your covers have people. It reminds me of after reading a book that you just love, and then you see a movie or a TV rendition of it, and you're like, darn it, that's not how he or she is supposed to look, at least not in my mind. (laughs) That's exactly right. One of my favorite authors, I'm not going to say her name right now because of the comment I'm about to make, but she's absolutely one of my favorite all-time women's fiction authors. I will read anything she puts out. But I really don't like her covers. There's always people on them, and they don't even match the descriptions in the book. So let alone my imagination. Like, they don't even have the right color hair for the descriptions in the book. So I always sort of wonder, and she's a very successful author. I mean, if I said her name, you'd know her work. But I just never understood, like, who is making these covers? Like, how is this happening? Um, and, And so for me, I always try to go for the the artistic cover in some way um, that evokes a feeling more than specific characters or specific plot points. I'm, I'm always going sort of for a feeling. Yep. And, th- and that's harder to do. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think, I think in romance, especially, mm-hmm. I think, you know, often you just have like hot, sexy people on the cover, right. sort of the standard romance there. Um, and, and I get it because a, a reader can look at that book cover and they instantly know what that book is. You know, they instantly know it's a romance novel. Um, but I'm just, 
that's just not, uh, it doesn't resonate for me with the way that I write. And so I don't, I don't do those kinds of covers, even though I buy many books that feature them. But I do think it's a bigger challenge for cover designers. So, but I have to say, you know, my new publisher that published Hollyland, she writes press. I'm having an absolutely incredible, incredible experience with them. I mean, so much so that I have nine other books contracted with them. You know, I originally signed on for one book. Then I signed on for a second. I now have nine contracts with them, books coming out until 2030 with them because I'm just, I absolutely love working with them. And fortunately for me, they want to continue working with me as well. But I will say that if you look at, you know, all the book covers in their spring 2023 catalog, so it's 45 different covers, every single author has a unique cover, a unique vantage point. Um, I, I mean, Every single one is artistic, um, and you can tell looking at them. I can look at them and say, that's a historical fiction, or that looks like women's fiction, or that looks like a memoir. Um, you can see that without reading the titles. And like I said, and there is no other cover that looks anything like Hollyland, but I would say that for the other 44 titles as well. So that's a publisher that is really, um, you know, working with the best cover designers, working with the best production team, that is really involved in the process, that is really looking at what authors are saying, what they're saying their book is about, what they're saying about how they want to represent it, what they're saying about what they want for a career as an author. So when you look at that, I mean, actually, it was funny, Pat, because when the, the cover for Hollyland was first on the She Writes Press website, I was so excited that I told my husband, you know, go on the website so you can see it. So he went on the website, and I was like, what do you think? And he goes, honestly, I was looking at all the covers because they're so fantastic. <laughs> I was like, he got distracted. <laughs> but but I think that's a great sign, you know, when you're working with a publisher like that and I've had a long career as an author, but I've only had a couple of publishers where I've really felt that way. So I just, I feel very, very fortunate right now. And and it's just something for other authors listening. Um, you know, if you're not having that kind of experience, just so you know, this is how it could be. Mm-hmm. I mean, Pat, my, my first book, it was a co-edited book. So I did it with somebody else, somebody who was senior to me. Um, and the publisher, one of the best publishers in the world, a dream publisher for most authors, um, the publisher sent us the book, the like printed book that was available for sale with a cover we had never seen. And Pat, it was an ugly cover. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it was bad. So those, that's another kind of experience you can have where you have no say. Mm-hmm. And this is a compliment coming from you, just given your background in art which then obviously translates into most all of your books, your fiction books, the weaving of art and art history and the love of art. It just adds another dimension to what you write and also to this romantic story, Hollyland. Thank you. Thank you. So, I mean, I've been obsessed with art since I was a little girl. I mean, going to movies and museums and I took dance classes and my mother was a painter And I've been creative writing my whole life. And so I ended up getting my doctorate in sociology and studying the arts and really becoming an arts researcher. And so when I came to write Hollyland, basically I needed some quick inspiration because I was writing it for my father, who's quite ill at the time. And so I decided to just turn to what I know. And so Dee Schwartz, the main character, is a writer and an arts researcher. 
And of course, she, you know, has this love affair with Bry Field, who is a, a movie star. So he's in the entertainment world and entertainment folks walk across the pages. So really, I was able to raise a lot of questions about the arts in the book. And there are conversations about the arts sprinkled through the entire book. And so the, the novel, I mean, it's, it's just a sexy beach read that anyone can read for some escape and for some love. But it also raises questions on the value that we do or do not place on art, the distinctions between art and entertainment, if they're the same thing or if they're not. Um, what the arts bring to our lives, the nature of controversial art, the relationship between art and science, and, and just the joy to be found experiencing or making art. So those are all topics that come up in the book, um, hopefully just seamlessly woven into this, this little love story. And really sort of that one of the biggest messages in the book to me, and it's so much because I was writing it for my dad, and my dad is the hero in my life. Um, but it was really about, you know, who are the real movie stars on the big screen of our lives? Mm-hmm. And this is a book that's filled with celebrities and D is in love with a celebrity. Um, but she also would give anything for just one more moment with her mother who died when she was a little girl. She loves her father to the moon and back. Um, and so, and, you know, she loves her friends. And, and so really it's about, you know, who are really the movie stars in our lives? Mm-hmm. No, there's lots of threads woven into this book. And as you say, it's just a sexy summer beach read. It is, but you did a great job including all of these other aspects. And uh, they didn't stand out as if they didn't belong. They, It was just a seamless uh, part of the story. It really was a case of just drawn what you know. I mean, I didn't even have a plan when I started writing this book, Pat. You know, sometimes I have a plan. I have an outline. It's like fully baked. But this was more a situation where I just sat down and started writing, and uh, this is what came out. And and I, and I have to say, I, I really do love the book very much. I mean, I've gone back and read it many times myself, and, and it just brings me joy. It's one of those books that just completely brings me joy. You know, sometimes as an author, once a book is done and published, either you don't go back and read it, or if you do, all you see are the things you would change if you had it to do over. But with this one, I'm just I, I'm just so happy with the way it turned out. I just feel like it it is what I wanted it to be, and um, you know, it's really about the search for for magic or passion in our lives, or what Dee calls gold dust. And it was so much fun to set it in Hollywood, and sort of in my mind the whole time, I was thinking, you know, the big screen may be silver, but where's the real gold dust? Where's the real magic in our lives? And um, it was great fun to write. Did you have to do any research? I mean, being set in Hollywood, did you have to think about that? I, You know, I always do, like, little bits of research to make sure I'm getting locations correct, distances from one place to another, that sort of thing. Um, and so I definitely did that. And my copy editor, who I've worked with for over 10 years, and she's an absolute angel, she checks things for me, too. Because sometimes, you know, in a different novel, I had people going down a certain highway, um, and she said I had the ocean on the wrong side, like, and, you know, she checks things like that. Who knew? I mean, it's mm-hmm. like amazing. Um, so I did do research like that. 
Um, but also, you know, the, the novel takes place in places I've been. I mean, mostly it's in L.A., but there's there's scenes in Florida and New York City, too. And those are all places I've been. And the places they go there are places I've been. So I did do some researching online to make sure I wasn't screwing up the names of places <laughs> or artworks or, you know, I always triple check those things. Um, so hopefully, hopefully I didn't make too many mistakes. <laughs> Um, but, but this one, this one was easy to write in that way, partly because I was stuck at home. Yes. And so mentally, I think I wrote about the places I wanted to be. Like I would have loved to go to LA, New York, and I had to cancel a trip to Florida, my parents. And, and so of course those things ended up to be locations in the book. All these little personal Easter eggs kind of tucked away in that book that, uh, the average reader's not going to know about. No, hopefully they just pick it up and yep. and enjoy it, and that's the end of it. But yes, there there are all these little things tucked away in there. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So, what's next? What are you working on now? If you can share it, I will absolutely share it. I have a novel that is coming out in October, which I'm very excited about. It's called The Location Shoot. I don't know if I've shared this yet, Pat, so I think I'm sharing it first with you, but it's coming out October 10th. It's actually available for pre-order now, the location shoot. It was another lockdown project. I wrote this one after Hollyland, and basically there's a controversial French filmmaker who is making a film in Sweden one summer over three months, and all the lead actors live with him for three months in this inn while they are shooting this film, and the film is about the meaning of life. And in the beginning of the novel, you see each of the actors in their own lives, and they're each at a crossroad. And they go, and they have this incredible, incredible three months together, making this piece of art and becoming friends. And then you see them go back to their own lives at the end to deal with the crossroads they were each at. And then they, they meet again seven months later at the film's premiere, and you you find out how their summer affected them. Wow. Um, and it's... I love this book. I mean, I, I love, love, love it. So that is the next one that is coming out. And, of course, I am continuing to write other things as we speak. <laughs> the location shoot. I can't wait for that one. Thank you. Thank you. You are awesome. So inspiring. All right. As we begin to wrap up, are we missing anything? No, it is so, so much fun to talk with you. Thank you so much for all of your support. And, of course, Folks can find Hollyland on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, anywhere that books are sold, you can find Hollyland. And if you go to my website, patricialevy.com, that's L-E-A-V-Y, you can see my books and my bio and my links to my social media, which I'm very active on social media, and I do respond to folks who message me, so please feel free to do that. I love this. Patricia Levy, the winning book is titled Hollyland, and you can find that where all fine books are sold, and check her out at her website, patricialevy.com. What a joy to talk with you. I was so looking forward to this, and uh, (laughs) and we'll be looking forward to the location sheet. So happy writing, keep writing, and thank you for today. Thank you so much, Pat. Always a joy.